We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respect to their leaders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Leadership of Fools. I'm your host, Rick Brown, and we are joined today by Nigel Dalton. Nigel Dalton is a social scientist and a thought worker. I've got to say, Nigel, thought worker, that's sounding Orwellian. That's sounding like we're in a 1984 novel and you're about to tell me how I should be thinking slash acting. Well, look, that, isn't that the case? We've, it seems like we live in these science, science fiction times today and uh, the thought worker it does sound a little daunting when you say it with such a deep tone, Rick, but um, it's, it's what we call ourselves. I work for, it's a global company. They're a lot of fun. They care about the environment and I finally get to use what I went to university to do 30 odd years ago and got a Bachelor of Social Sciences with honours from a little university in New Zealand. So I thought, you know, put that on my card because I'm interested in the social i'm interested in the sciences and we're we're in this weird era right now 2020 it's gone weird on us we can all it's agree what, it's it's a little out of the ordinary it is extraordinary and, and i i'm terming it the techno social era and that's not a music dance craze techno, oh, it could be no. though don't it, never well, say never nigel never say never it, that's true but techno social is uh it turns out i didn't invent it damn it it's like that classic <sighs> thing when you you think you've invented something turns out that term was popularized by this really smart social scientist called edgar shine and he and it's different to the industrial revolution and machines ruining our lives and those kind of things it's when we get a bunch of technology platforms and those kind of things and they start to impact the way we behave individually and collectively and the tension between tech like facebook and instagram and tiktok and all those things us as people and our personal ethics and then the way we work as teams is hot right now so i'm pleased to say my, i've become relevant rick oh it was only a matter of time nigel i feel like you were knocking on the door of relevancy for quite quite a, a long period there and finally you've kicked that door down and you're 100 percent relevant we knew it would happen at some stage <laughs> well we're just here to do a, a bit of a 2020 check-in um apart from relevancy we just want to see how you're going nigel and um and That's see how 2020 has been treating you uh, just a quick touch base really um so to start with what have you learned about leadership during this rather unusual 2020 that we find ourselves in it has been remarkable. I've been describing this as the greatest workplace sociology experiment unsupervised by adults with no clear objective. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not real science, you know, like this whole, oh, everyone's excited about working from home, those kind of things. No, no, no. People have just transferred their jobs as best they can away from the office into a chaotic environment with all of the, the day-to-day interruptions. People are as lucky as I am to have a, a, a lovely music studio to sit in and, and do all these things and cats and, um, my, you know, it, it has not been evenly impacting people. I've got young friends in their 20s freezing in Carlton share houses with <laughs> shit internet and no heating, you know, over the winter. That's different experience to my work from home. So I think it, it has been the greatest experiment in a hundred years, a forced experiment on all of the 
command and control managers that that do cause a lot of harm in, in modern businesses. And I feel a little bit ironically sorry for them because they're used. To, they've got a way of managing. They've been using and, and you know handed down to them over fifty, hundred years from Frederick Taylor, and uh, they're they're very used to a very simple algorithm. Am I managing or not? Well. Are people present? That's like a binary. That's their first measure of the day. Are people in the seats, Rick? Yes, <laughs> one or zero. The seat is full. Are they occupied? Have they got something in their hands or on their screen? That's kind of like basic management level number two. Yes, it appears they are all engaged in their screen. So that's good. doesn't matter if it's Facebook or email. But So that's easy to manage. Um, managing are they busy or not? It's got ooh, some expertise in management required here. Do I sense the smell of stress coming? from the row in my call center or from my software developers. So that was a little more skill, but very command and control. And we get to the ultimate management form, which is, are they, are they being productive? Now, this was not the specialist zone of the command and control traditional manager. Are they productive or not? Oh, well, I've already, they're here. That's the start. You know, we've, <laughs> we've got them in. How productive? That's too hard. We are now talking about are we productive? And this is an incredible change. And the shock result of this unsupervised experiment is that we didn't lose 50% of our productivity. Well, it's a it's a gain and a loss for some for different people in different circumstances. But on average, I'm gonna say we're not a lot less productive and we're probably a lot healthier for having stepped away from those bully managers. There you go. So there has been some unexpected gains from the 2020 experiment in the eyes of Nigel Dalton. Thought work yeah. extraordinaire. And social scientists. So I feel like I'm, that, that's some social science there, Rick. That's, I know. that's good stuff. Uh, something about the certainty with which you say it makes me believe it. Uh, there's mm. nothing in your tone of voice that makes me feel like you're leading me astray right now, Nigel. So I thank you for that. <laughs> I'm a good salesman for it. And, and I think <laughs> what it's delivered me is an actual solid belief that I could work anywhere. And yeah, I couldn't, as someone who traveled three days a week last year, all over the place doing all sorts of things for REA group. And then, you know, in the first month of this year for ThoughtWorks, and that was, that's my job description. That, that's my kind of underlying worry. Oh God, it says I'm an ambassador for the, the company and, I, and, you know, go to conferences and do cool stuff. And wow, I barely left the house, you know, it's like, Wow. Am I doing my job? That kind of that that wells up inside me. But I have learned, and I now believe I could do this job from anywhere because of the the adoption of the tools. And uh, who's going to make? I don't know if you've been downtown in Melbourne lately. I, I went down for a bit of hill training on my bicycle. And, it's outside uh, my five kilometer radius, Nigel. Thanks for bringing that up. It, it's a well, yeah, well the privileged the, the the privileged people down here in uh, in Middle Park are able to just get into the city. So I thought I'd go for a, a, a bit of a ride because there's no hills down Bayside. And uh, I ran into my old mates, the two brothers who run a little coffee shop on uh, Little Collins Street. And gee, it's like this foreign science fiction landscape where. Uh, this this inter this kind of intergalactic species of, of humanoids who wear day glow vis high vis clothing and helmets, just wandering around, choosing between the deals at all the cafes who are <laughs> desperate to stay open and, and pay the rent. So it is it's otherworldly, otherworldly. Absolutely. Uh, and let's let's find out what in 2020 is helping keep you sane. What's making you laugh? What are you enjoying? 
about the madness. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying science fiction and, and that chance to just take a, a moment to reflect. And it took me a while to not feel guilty about reading during the day. But in fact, it turns out that it's a really good thing to do because we all need to, to learn a little more. And um, this is the conversation I've also been having with my beloved 19-year-old about he's going, what a rubbish time it is to go to RMIT because I'm not seeing my classmates. We're not going out drinking at the John Curtin. This is not university, Dad. All we're doing going, is learning. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm going, I tell you what, there's not a lot of jobs or opportunity to go for an overseas adventure right now. You did the right thing not doing a gap year. Mm-hmm. Invest in your head. While times are down, invest in your head. And, you know, when the good times come back, you won't have to think about that stuff. So science fiction has been the thing. I have been reading the Science Fiction Hall of Fame, edition one. Wow. Robert Silverberg's edited uh, uh, and curated collection of stories from the sci-fi writers from 1929 mm-hmm. to 1962. Oh, which the, is golden, the golden era. Well, not quite, because I was born in 63, Rick. But um, Well, the golden era of science fiction, not of... Yeah, you know, look, it is a tremendous 90, era. 90 Incredible. Yeah, look, well, I'm probably science fiction myself, but <laughs> wow, did they get it right, man. Like everything bar Martians, the whole this dystopian world with artificial intelligence and all those sort of things that we're building. And I've loved that book. It's been... And the short stories, because sci-fi 100 years ago was something that was in magazines. That was yes. in the genre was invented for magazines and it kind of extended out to you know journey to the center of the earth those kind of things in time but wow and so it's got asimov all of these people nightfall the first short story that was nightfall is in there and all the robots and the thing with science fiction is it's just a psychological drama playing out in another kind of futuristic context super impressed how as kind of writers they got that right and it led me to a great quote so um from isaac asimov i found this him being interviewed in 1988 uh, and there's a video of it on on, i don't know how someone it's pretty grainy it's almost as grainy as you and i with our uh, terrible connections to the internet here and uh, asimov had this to say when he was asked by this impertinent interviewer well is science fiction relevant at all to our lives and he goes he sort of goes hums and hums. He goes, well uh, you know at, at any rate science fiction is important because it fights the natural notion that people would have that somehow there's something about things the way they are right now which is permanent and i'm that, that's really hit home for me that we felt a sense of permanence about the world we lived in about our jobs and our roles in life and this whole COVID thing has just knocked that on its butt. <laughs> Absolutely. Nigel Dalton, you've discovered the desolate landscapes of Melbourne and their science fiction beauty, and you've escaped into the science fiction landscapes of the written word. Uh, I'm glad that you are keeping busy and that you are working the thoughts with the social science uh, for everyone's benefit. It's been a pleasure catching up with you, and I hope that the rest of 2020 and into the future provides not just science fiction, but science fact. And that fact is that you win. You win, Nigel. My pleasure and lovely to see you, Rick. And uh, look, this is a great series of podcasts. So let's look forward to the next guest and see how this goes. I will be listening. Thanks, Nigel. Thepeoplespot.com is the place to visit when you need to make the people part of your role easier, more genuine and more suited to you. Thepeoplespot.com is the new home of people content from Colin Beatty and the team at Leadership of Fools. 
thepeoplespot.com.